Hello, and welcome to this new edition of Westfair Business Buzz. I'm Phil Hall, Senior Enterprise Editor with the Westchester and Fairfield County Business Journals. And it is my pleasure to have on today's show Asha Tari. She is a certified life coach, award-winning mental health advocate, and she is an author. Her new book is called Adulting as a Millennial, A Guide to Everything Your Parents Didn't Teach You. And on today's show, we're going to be discussing uh, the subject of anxiety. And a lot of people are very anxious today, and they have been for some time since the pandemic shut down the economy and the nation with it. Uh, and even now, as the economy is starting to open up, we have a new strife in this country uh, going on in the political and the socioeconomic spectrums. And Asha, uh, how does one deal with anxiety uh, when you see what is happening out there? Well, that's a question I'm being asked a lot, and it's one I think we're going to have to continue to ask because anxiety looks different um, with everyone. It depends on your innate ability to cope to the things you may have learned from watching others to possible supports or tools that you might be gaining if you're able to seek professional help. So I would say, first and foremost, the easiest thing we can do is to label our feelings. Even if it's hard to identify what we feel, we might even start with sensations. So that would include that you might notice that your heart is beating faster than usual, especially if you're in settings that might trigger you or that you are having racing thoughts. That's something people tend to point to when they feel anxious or that it could be affecting your eating patterns or your sleep patterns. So to talk about those things and get those things out of you as opposed to holding on to them tends to relieve people of their pain. And lastly, the thing that's the easiest thing to do for us at times when we're relaxed, but the hardest thing to do when we're stressed is to breathe. When we are aroused or we are vigilant with what's going on in the world, we tend to breathe very short, shallow breaths. And that raises our adrenaline. It raises our cortisol levels. They're correlated to one another. So what I often work with people to do is to mind their breath work because that's going to help to ease some of the physical tension and pain that you could be experiencing, to helping to turn your brain down from thinking too many thoughts at once or jumping into the future or living in the past and being more present to the now. So breathing more from your diaphragm and less from your chest. I went to visit my mother this week and she's in her mid eighties and she tells me that she stopped watching the TV news and listening to the radio news because everything that she's seeing on there is so upsetting and depressing to her that she would just as soon uh, watch some animal shows or, or the QVC shopping channel as opposed to what's happening around us. Is, is that the best approach to uh, dealing with situations that create anxiety is to just shut them off and to focus completely on things that make you happy? Well, I appreciate that you're speaking to the differences we notice based on someone's age or demographic because that may have um, a serious impact on, on their life. I remember when I was much younger, the adults in my life wouldn't tell the older people certain tragic news or the younger people in the family the most tragic news. And in some cases, what we found over time through evidence of 
working with people and research and doing questionnaires with folks about this is that it really depends on the ability for one to adapt to change and to cope with stress. And then of course you wanna look at anything that complicates things like age or illness, existing medical conditions. So some things you may have to use your judgment call if you um, notice that looking at, watching, or listening to someone's stories particularly has a negative impact on your health. Um, and so I think it is important to calculate that into the equation, but some people can't turn away from this. Some people have to face what's happening in the world. And for some, that might just include limit how much you take in per day or per hour that you tell people when um, coming onto your page, if you're on social media or um, being in your household that watching the news might have to stop going on the loop and may need to be limited to 20 minutes or once or twice a day. So I think it depends on age for sure, um, but also what you are innately uh, able to handle. And I think individually people notice what that, what that looks like. Um, but for healthier people, I think it's important to know what's happening, but know what's happening and, and know what you can do about it. A lot of companies with their health and wellness uh, programs focus on uh, physical well-being. Uh, and they tend to downplay mental health aspects. I'm, a, I'm thinking that with what has been going on for the past several months, that maybe some corporate health programs need to uh, recalibrate and take a second look at uh, mental health. What advice can you give to companies that are concerned about the mental health of their employees during this time? I love hearing about this because, yes, we need to have new conversations. One of the people that has been at the forefront of this that most folks know is Ariana Huffington and the work that she's done in wellness spaces with corporations, both domestically and internationally, has been just this issue that you're bringing to the forefront. It's that we aren't seeing, number one, at least in my experience, that people are using their employee assistance programs that often when they're dealing with issues of domestic violence, alcoholism, or emotional and psychological stress. People tend to not want to use those services at work because of fear of being exposed. So what I think would be better is instead of maybe <clears throat> delineating an area or a space for people to go to to talk with someone, which might be triggering and um, they may avoid, we should have a culture of wellness at every job. It should look like anything else with your benefits package. Just as we get dental and vision and health benefits, we should get wellness benefits that everyone gets to participate in. I think not only should this just look like an occasional email, but it should be days that people can choose to select mental health days off. It should look like um, incentives that get people to do things for their mental well-being, either at work or offline from work, whether that includes um, having modified work schedules, which that might start because of COVID-19, to people being able to um, work from home, if maybe traveling into the office could be very triggering when you're traveling in large spaces or big cities. So looking at the culture of what the company is looking to gain 
which I think in essence would be happier employees, employees who have loyalty to the company, which most corporations, as you know, want, and having people who mentally feel stable enough to get their job done, regardless of if it gets done nine to five or 10 to six, or it gets done the same day, which I think most people do better with in these very rigid structures in which we have learned to um, be accommodating for. I'm sure that I'm not telling you something you don't know, but uh, there's still a great deal of stigma connected to mental health. And I often find myself uh, correcting people, sometimes politely, sometimes not, when they use the word crazy uh, to describe people who are going through difficult times. What can people do to help erase this stigma once and for all? Thank you for asking that. Sometimes humor helps. I think when we're having difficult conversations, of course, everything isn't funny and we can't always use humor, but I sometimes say to people, most of us are insane and we're doing quite well being that way, you know, or to also debunk that myth because people who are so-called crazy, what we think or deem as the outcasts of society, they don't get help, sadly enough. Most times they're alienated from their families, from friends, from our world. And those folks aren't going to seek treatment, even if they've ever come into contact with a mental health provider, depending on the state of their mentality, if they're psychotic or severely mentally ill, they may not have ever seen a mental health provider voluntarily. So I often tell people to point to the evidence of where crazy fits into the equation that we're talking about regarding um, what what that looks like um, and how if we're if we're crazy or someone is crazy who seeks out mental health support are they less crazy when when they come back so you know we need to challenge these um, I think ordinary ways that we talk about um, people's health. Um, because health isn't um, one thing. Health is very complex and it's comprehensive. Your mental, emotional, and spiritual state are interconnected. So the evidence doesn't point to that more people um, do better without help. It, the evidence points to the success rates of people who sought therapy, committed to therapy, and continued with therapy. Um, and what we've noticed is that people have less symptoms over time that also positively affects their physical health, um, and it affects positively their relationships, and they tend to have longer periods of health than they do illness. Asha Terry, uh, unfortunately, our format uh places us in a time limit. But for the listeners to this podcast, they would like to continue the conversation with you. How can they get in touch with you? Great question. I'm on social media every day on Twitter at Asha Tari, that's A-S-H-A-T-A-R-R-Y, or Instagram at Asha Tari Mental, as in mental health. And then they can also go to my website, lifecoachasha.com, and follow me, sign up for my blog, and find out about my new book that's coming out soon. Well, congrats on the new book, and thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us in today's show. Thank you so much for having me, Phil. This has been Phil Hall with the Westfair Business Buzz, and we will see you again next week.